everybody my name's andrew i'm your your host for tonight i'm mumbling over my words words already oh my god already again <laughs> welcome to the eight news show live on a friday night um wow we've got a really interesting show for you tonight i'm really looking forward to it um before i do the introductions though um, I would like to just um, quickly let everyone know that we have been calling this show the Mis- Babbling with Misfits, Losers and Dropkicks. Well, upon consideration, I think we're going to take it a little more seriously. So 
Um, the name change now is just eight news live on a Friday night, <laughs> maybe a little bit boring, but um, I think we need to give it the proper uh, the proper theme for what it deserves, if that's the right way to put it. Um, look, the other thing I'd really like everyone to do if is um, ask you to install the Podbean app. If you're not already doing that, um, it, please do that so, on your mobile device so that you can join in the conversation tonight because we are live and you will be able to write in and, and uh, say hi or ask a question or whatever. And if we call for a call in, we'll we'll be doing that and you'll be able to use the app to do that. So that's why I want you to um, get on board with the movement, um, the truth movement, the freedom movement. That's what we're here for tonight. Could I also appeal to you if you feel so inclined and you would like to sponsor the show by becoming a patron, please do that. I really, really need the, um, the income because I'm going break fast, quite simply put. So, ah, uh, Tonight, uh, who have I got in the house? I've got Greg Martin. Welcome, Greg. Greg's looking at his phone. <laughs> we're we're live on air, mate. Good evening, mate. How are you? I'm well, thanks, Andrew. Yourself? Very well, thanks. Uh, Nikki, how are you this evening? Very good. Ah, uh, just speak into your mic, darling. You just got to get yeah. right up in there and say hello. Um, and of course, I have Monique. Hey, welcome. Hi, I Monique. Say welcome because we. We're all welcome here. Yeah, just hello. Hello is good <laughs> enough. Now, look, everyone, while we're getting started, people are joining in on the show as we speak, and we've already got lots of people with us, so I'm really excited about that. Um, we are having a glass of wine, although it looks like I'm partaking on my own, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, this is a little bit awkward. I've just realised <laughs> that I'm the only one. Um, Does what chocolate count? Well, hot chocolate doesn't really count, but hey, whatever floats your boat, it's um, live on a Friday night, it's after hours, so you do what you need to do while I reach over and grab that glass. I think you forgot to pour me one. Well, Nikki, um, you're the guest, I mean, you're the host, really, kind of, kind of, um, so I'm sorry I can't help you there, mate. Um, Everyone's saying hi, Uh, Luke, hi, hello, how are you, Troy, hello. Lovely to see you. I know Robin's on board with this. I can see Renee and um, lots of other people joining as we speak. So hi to everyone this evening. Now, look, um, we need to get into introducing everyone properly and let you know who they are, why they're here, and um, and kick on with the show. Oh. Um, you're right there, mate. Yeah. Do you need? To, he's about to read something to us, everyone. Um, mate, say hello to everyone. Introduce yourself. Hello out there, all of you fiercely fighting freedom fighters. Yes. Welcome to the show. Wow, mate. Um, so that was a great introduction. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, what was it that? Um, look. I know what I've put out on the poster today, and I think I'm basically all right. Uh, there was a little bit of controversy around that. Sorry to well, whatever. Let's not even talk about it, um, mate. Um, you've been heavily involved in the the dispute with Perth City Council over the 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 rightful access to Madagarup Island, actually, sort of not actually, but currently known as Harrison Island here in Perth, um, mate. And, and I think a whole lot of my listeners may have seen my video that I did with you about that. But um, tell us just a quick, just quickly w- what that's about 
and where you're currently at, because I know we're going to circle back to that a little bit later on, but um, where's that currently at? Sure. Um, <clears throat> on the 12th of February 2012, mm -hmm. myself and a group of others, we established a Noongar Tent Embassy. Um, the Tent Embassy, Aboriginal Tent Embassy, the original one was placed in Canberra. Yeah. Outside of the old um, Parliament House. It was established in 1972 to establish a point of contact um, for all the First Nations people around the country to um, let the world know, let the nation know that, you know, we are the sovereign people. We are the First Nations people. We are a separate ethnographic people in the land. Yeah. Uh, we are of the land. We are, hold the laws and customs of the land. So uh, we established the Nyungar Tent Embassy, which is the tribal family group. It's also known as the Bibbulmun people. Yeah. Um, so that we can establish it uh, in communication, both with the Perth City Council and other state parliaments and federal uh, federal parliaments to establish our claims to be the sovereign people of the land and to be the voice of the land and to um, enter them into some sort of negotiations about and discussions about our relationship with the monarchies of um, the monarchy of the, the UK. The, yeah. And so... The current power structure. The powers mm. that be. Yeah. Right. Um, it was like an effort in self-determination uh, to establish our rightful claim to be the landlords of the land. Of that land and, and, and use it as a place to trade from, right? Well, that that's to be um, decided in the future. Right. So for 10 years we've been going, coming and going and living and struggling and fighting against the Perth City Council for access to our ancestral lands uh, and uh, so that we can develop a peace treaty or a, a peaceful process of our existence so that we can identify who we are, where we come from and uh, establish our own self-autonomy. Yeah, from that basis, from that as a base. From that basis. Right. N now, Nikki, um, hi, how are you, Nikki? I'm, I'm good. Uh, Nikki, you've been around the freedom movement for quite, well, really since the beginning. The beginning. The beginning, yes. And um, well, we won't say any more than just, um, we won't call you anyone other than Nikki. Um, <laughs> Nikki, I know a lot of people out there know you. Mm -hmm. um, now, we're really here tonight not to talk about other endeavours of yours, but really to, to talk about um, Pathway to Freedom and the involvement that you have with that and how you're helping Greg in that endeavour because Greg is the chairman of Pathway to Freedom. Freedom. explain it. Yeah. If you want. Please, okay. let's jump in, mate. Let's go. Let's have a chat. So, okay. Um, yeah. So well, tell us a bit about Pathway to Freedom and Nikki, uh, please jump in because I want to know about what you're doing with that, with the, the team and um, how you guys are both moving this forward. Well, okay, then. We, 
we moved onto the island on the 1st of January this year in an endeavour to recreate this process of negotiations, discussions with the City of Perth who have claimed our island, renamed it and um, claimed to have the rule of law over our island. Right. Um, so in the first instance, um, the Perth City Council came to the table. They were sending their agents down to meet us and that sort of thing. So we put a log of claims on the table and they took it back to the Perth City Council. Yeah. Now, the first thing we wanted to establish is that, you know, who owns the land um, and who has title to the land. Um, our Ballarat family, my, fa my mother's family, are uh, part of it. The keepers of the natural law of the land, um, the tribal law, L-O-R-E. Yeah. Um, my father's, father's family is a family tribal group is the Badimaya. We're part of the Thuguru family group from up that way. And um, our extended family are the Witty, the Nyigru family. So the Nyigru is a sub-tribe of the Bibbulmun people. Uh, also called the Nyunga people. Um, anyway, so one of the things that we put onto the table was we need to establish a relationship between the Perth City Council and our free people. And um, we proclaim the island as our land and we have the right to determine uh, what is the outcome of that land who has use of that land um, and how we can structure the use of the land. And this is why you formed Pathway to Freedom, no? Because um, I, I just want to keep moving on a little bit here. Just, Nikki, tell us a little bit about what your involvement's been with Pathway to Freedom and, and how you got involved. Sure thing. Um, so... Just talk into the mic okay. now, thanks. Um, so I founded Pathway to Freedom. Um, I've been working um, solidly um, in for the last years. Um, so it's been a really long journey for me um, and I've learned a lot and I recognise the problem um, here on this land so I'm not from here I'm a sojourner um, I'm a visitor to this land I don't have any citizenship to the colony here mm -hmm. and I stand um, in the jurisdiction of the guardians of this land and I walk in that truth 100% so I recognize the problem in our society um, there's a big division and um, two years ago I sort of woke up and uh, my first reaction was uh, First Nations people are going to suffer quite um, significantly through this. What can I do to help? You mean when the whole pandemic kicked in? and Yeah, yeah everything. I, I knew there was a land grab happening. Um, I've known this for a long time. Um, when I first came to this land 20 years ago, I moved to Redfern. And oh, in Sydney. In Sydney. Right. And there I was told about a prophecy and the prophecy goes like this. Um, people were living here in harmony on this land for millennia, for thousands and thousands of years. And 
um, boats came in and um, they hurt the people that were guarding this land, looking after it, knew the laws for this land and um, they couldn't find a way out. These people had um, machinery that could destroy them very easily and they began begun to manifest that one day um, all people, all cultures would come together and they would walk together with the custodians of the land and um, form unity. So I was told that prophecy 20 years ago. Right, um, and that's formed the basis of Pathway that, to Freedom. That's it, yeah. Awesome, mm-hmm. Nikki. That's um, such a so fantastic endeavour. Pathway to Freedom, I'm not a leader. Um, I've simply founded it in collaboration with Greg Jojo and the Noongar Trading Cooperative. Um, it is a collaborative movement. Um, this is all about self-determination, empowering every individual from every single culture to have a say, to get excited about your future and what you want to create and yeah. come together and um, pathway to freedom. The first step in um, to this movement is simply a promise to keep our First Nations people um, at the forefront of their vision when we're designing our new way forward. For, yeah, so yeah. to have proper recognition, not mm-hmm. just pay it all yeah. lip and service. So we want to heal country together. We want to heal our people. We want to heal country and we want to walk together. Nikki, mm-hmm. it's so nice to have you here Thanks. tonight. We're going to talk about this more in a moment. Sure. Monique, welcome to the show. Thanks, Andrew. Tell me all about the involvement you've had in uh, as an advocate for um, – the, I guess you'd say, the right to choose within your community of York and all the other fascinating things that you've been up to. Just quickly as a, an introduction to everyone. So, so let everyone who, know who you are. Okay. So um, Monique and I chose when, like Nikki, is very interesting how she uh, decided where she was going to land up standing. For me, it was um, I felt everybody was trying to pick a side and everybody was trying to realise where that side was, that there was this side and that side and then there was black hats and white hats and then there was, you know, who was who was good and who was bad. And when I moved past that and just realised that, you know what, my faith's in the people. Yeah. And so I joined where that was and that was in local government. Right. So... Oh, I don't know what that noise was, but um, you um, sort of started to see that um, what was being presented to you through mainstream media was a little bit of an illusion. Oh, no, I knew about this about 15 years ago. Right, So I had an idea of things, so everything was just more stepping into place and then just something needed to be done now. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So you've been doing this for some time, I believe, and and also – understand that you've been involved with Adrian McRae in Port Hedland as well as Andrea with some human rights aspects of what you do. Is that right? Not quite. Um, I have had a couple of phone calls and texts and telegrams with Adrian because it was very important all of us as petitioners as we were walking forward was to learn from each other. So we weren't having to reinvent the world. We were learning and as one moved forward we found their strengths moved forward with their strengths and dropped what didn't work and then collaborated the whole thing was a collaboration that is such so clever and I mean it's not even clever I mean it's just what you need to do but um, it's so good to hear about and actually indeed that's what this show is about 
And that's really, I guess, to reinforce to the audience what I was trying to say earlier before we started. I um, just want to take it a little bit more seriously and really develop a platform for everyone in our movement for change. Um, you know, not radical change, just coming back to humanity a little bit. Um, I really want to develop this into a platform for those people to speak and for everyone that is involved to be able to jump in and listen to what's going on around their community or their region even. So, well, that's going to be, I mean, we've got so much to talk about, haven't we, this evening? Um, Greg, mate, where do we start? Um, I'd really like to, I know you've said a few things about who you are and your back, your family background, where would you really like to start in terms of the story that you've had battling against the, the council? Um, now, I know that Pathway to Freedom is a part of that. So should we begin somewhere around where it all began and then blend in what's going on with Pathway to Freedom, Pathway to Freedom and where you're going to sort of head to next? Um, Did I just... No, bamboozle you a little bit. No, no. Two years ago, um, we attended the Black Lives Matter march in Perth, and it was, you know, uh, I'm just having a rough guess, probably about 10,000 people that came down. And uh, we waited, you know, we wanted a bit of microphone time, and we were the one of the last, me and my daughter, we were one of the last ones to get up onto the stage and have a talk. And my angle, you know, with, um, how we're going to create change and how we're going to move forward is if we look back in history, if we uh, decipher what's happened because these same uh, incidents or episodes are coming around again, coming around again, you know, the colonisation process. So... And, and can I just ask a quick question? Do you see that as something that um, involves all of us now as, or, or rather an Indigenous issue? No, absolutely, everyone. Everyone, I mean, you've yeah. You've got to look back in the last two years, everybody thrust upon um, so tyranny, tyranny was a catalyst for the Declaration of Independence in America. Um, uh, the events that unfolded after um, the founding fathers of the Constitution in America, they organised themselves together. And this was what I disclosed at, that, uh, at the uh, Black Lives Matter speech, you know, that after a long train of abuses. Uh, you were receiving abuse? No, the whole... The whole show, the whole event? Yeah, um... Politically speaking, um, in America, um, King George the Fifth, I think it was, or King George the Fourth, um, there was a battle for the lands in in America, and the colonists at that time, they were getting a lot of pressure. They, uh, King George the Fourth, brought in new taxes. He uh, basically tyrannised the whole colony. They and squeezed them. They squeezed what they them. They did, yeah. They did. Yeah. And so tyranny, if I could, um, I could, uh, <laughs> I could explain or, or uh, define what tyranny is, um, 
tyranny is cruel and oppressive government or rule. Refugees fleeing tyranny and oppression, synonyms, despotism, absolutism, absolute power, autocracy, dictatorship, undemocratic rule, reign of terror, totalitarianism, fascism, oppression, suppression, repression, subjugation, enslavement, authoritarianism, high-handedness, <clears throat> imperiousness, bullying, harshness, strictness, severity, cruelty, brutality, ruthlessness, injustice, and unjustness. And what happened when you were at the Black Lives Matter rally and you started speaking about things like that? Well, the, the Black Lives Matter is was about the mistreatment of the people of colour, yep. of the First Nations people, the deaths in custody, the high imprisonment rates, the uh, high-handedness of the police force, the uh, intervention in the Northern Territory where the military are squatting on the land, keeping our family, families under gun threat. Yeah. And so if you marry up tyranny with what we've suffered over generations, um, the pathway forward is the Declaration of Independence. And so that's what I revealed in two years ago in um, at the Black Lives Matter speech. Right. So independence for your people. Well, freedom from tyranny. Yeah. I mean, the last two years have proved that all of us in the whole continent <laughs> yeah. have suffered. Pretty, pretty obvious. Treated isn't it? unjustly. Yeah. Um, and the end result of uh, the Declaration of Independence was the creation of a republic where there was equality. The only thing absent from the Constitution in America was that the First Nations people, the Native Americans, they were called savages and pagans and they were not included in that constitutional process. Yeah. Well, we in this continent, in Terra Australis, we we are now at a point in time where we can create a new constitution and a, rep- a republic which is fully inclusive. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm, look, I've got to be honest with you. I think I really do prefer a republic over the system that we currently have now where each individual ha- has gu- guaranteed rights. Um, I'm really uncomfortable with the whole um, two wolves and a sheep vote for what's going to be dinner tonight. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that's what we kind of have a problem with essentially here. Well, we do. Well, if we look at the last election, the 21st of May, um, everybody had high hopes that there was going to be change, but there's no change. That's right. There's, you know, so the, the May forward and the change is not going to come through that constitution which has been used and abused. Yeah. And it really belongs in the 20th century or the 19th century 
you know, this is all pre-internet, uh, pre-mobile phones, pre-social uh, media. Um, I'm sure when they designed that constitution back in the day, they had no idea at some time in the future that we'd have all this access to communication mm-hmm. and where we can, you know, re- look yeah. into historical events and we can analyse it with a critical... Well, that's right, mate. And I think, um, you know, one, one of the things that this show is about is, is actually discussing these ideas because I think we were saying just before we went live on air, the way I look at it, there's like um, so many different groups with so many different ideas about it and they've all got serious elements of reality or truth behind them. Maybe not every group's got it exactly right, only history will judge. But um, what I really prefer to sort of deal with is um, supporting that overall process because it's kind of like um, sperm trying to attack the egg, right? Um, eventually one will get through and there'll be one right idea will get through. And by sharing our ideas with the, the movement that we do have here in Western Australia, and I know it's Australia-wide, um, for me I feel like we're a little bit cut off from the East Coast with what's going on in this. I know that from yeah. what I've learnt it's a very different scene um, and, of course, we are far more spread out, uh, really a lot less people. Um, and so for us in this freedom movement, it feels a little bit isol- a, a little bit isolating at times. Um, so... That's what we're doing here tonight. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that leads into the formation of why Nikki came together with you, Greg, in a lot of ways. Beautiful was story, actually. Speaking to your mic, darling. So, um, quite a beautiful story, actually. Um, well, let's kick into it. Yeah. Let's kick into it. I'd love to know how you met. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We don't have to tell any kind of massive story. No, um, look, yeah, something pretty amazing happened. Um, I don't know if anyone's heard of a woman named June Mills. Now, June Mills was sitting up in the Northern Territory last year and I was watching a live video um, and the government came and kicked her out of her house and it was horrific. Um, June Mills and I ended up on a phone call together Um Okay, Nikki, please just tell me a little bit more yep. about yep. June Mills. She, I, I've got a vague recollection mm. of this. What was her background? What was going on? Why was she in this position? Um, she she was um, situated in her home. I believe the government provided her that home. Um, they decided that they didn't want her living there anymore and um, – they literally went to her house and kicked her out. They put chains on her gate and just shut down the house. In. Yeah, and they they kicked her out onto the streets during this time as well. Um, in the Northern Territory, um, they were putting people in quarantine, taking them out of community. Um, so there was a lot going on. It was highly stressful. I felt very helpless um but yeah. i did end up on a phone call with june and she said to me nikki um can you please do well, I was on the phone call with other people um and she and someone else requested that we do a unity um circle right uh so um 
I arranged that with some other people and uh, this unity was to be a circle where um, we would tap on the ground and we would um, set the intention that this year would be the year that all cultures come together and um, walk this path into freedom. Um, so I had previously spoken to Greg on the phone and I had met Jojo once. And Had Sorry, sorry. Mm. One sec. Yeah. Um, going back to mm. June, yeah? Yeah. How did you actually get in contact with her? I'm fascinated to understand um, that. So, She's been I, kicked I out of a house, I right? I couldn't um, really tell you because my journey here, I've been walking alone and I've put myself in so many situations where I've just – Things just come happen. to you. Yeah. Isn't so, it fascinating um, for all of you um, that in this mm. journey that we've all been on for the last six months – um, the people that come into our lives at the right moment is quite amazing, isn't it? Really beautiful, yeah. Yeah. Have you had much experience with that, Monique? Um, I mean, like, Adrian's a great guy mm. and he's – you guys have connected. How how about other people? You have this on a, on a weekly basis, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. It's um, quite synchronistic. My life's always been very much like that anyway. Um, with the way that I walk, but definitely in the last six months, it's just you you don't need to really plan much anymore. If you're on the right path, you're, it all just falls into place. Yep, absolutely, it's amazing. Mm. Hey, I've got a yeah. funny little story. So um, maybe not so funny, but uh, I've been undergoing an unfair dismissal case, right? And uh, I miss. I'm so busy doing this podcast that. I, I totally missed the correspondence and I actually thought that I'd completely screwed up and I had like this like fourth email and I happened to speak to be speaking to one of my dear friends who happens to be a lawyer, <laughs> told them about that. I forwarded the email to them and I went, oh, shit, you've got to have this done by 4 p.m. today. <laughs> Talk about synchronicity. Um, anyway, I got it all done. And how I don't know, but um, so that was one of those funny little experiences that we all kind of have, where everything just drops into place. I think because we're on our proper path, maybe, um, which I think I've just stolen your own words, but um, that's what I was thinking beforehand as well. Um, now, Greg, are you with us, brother? I'm on board. I'm on board. You do. He's doing research. Everybody. He's fiercely at it. I'm trying to tell him to stop. This There's is about a, a it's it's about a conversation, my uh, my friend. Um, <laughs> you don't have to get it all right. It's a Friday night and we're drinking wine. So, um, by the way, I'd just like to quickly call out to the audience. Um, please um, reach out and say hello and ask any questions or tell me to get my ass into gear in this conversation. Whatever you want to say. Any feedback would be lovely. Anyone who's got some feedback on um, this whole Patreon thing that um, I'm trying to get going here, I don't know what the heck I'm doing and I don't know whether um, I'm doing it right or not. So if anyone's got any advice or want to give me a bit of feedback on all that or anything else I'm doing, please let me know. Um, now, Greg, let's get into talking about Madagarup Island. When you started your petition to the, the council and just essentially what's happened over the last 12 years you've been doing this, you and your daughter, um, and, I mean, where you're currently at 
what's the story? Any wins? Um, Let's start from the beginning, hey? Well, since 2012, uh, initially we tried to establish communication with the city of Perth. Matagrara Island is a very sacred place to to our family, our Ballarat family. On my mother's side, on my grandmother and my great-grandfather, they're Ballarat people. Mm-hmm. It's the birthing ground. It's the um, it's where our ancestor Fanny Balbuck was born. It's where her uh, placenta is buried. Um, my two daughters, my grandchildren, their placentas are also buried on that island. It's a very sacred birthing ground. Mm. It's where our families get their souls from out of the ground. Yeah. It's it's the heartbeat of our identity. Um, so to us it's a very sacred land and we should be the people who have um, jurisdiction over that, that um, both have a lawful right and the right to decide who comes there and for what reason. Yeah. Um, so that's been an ongoing process since 2000. Moved back on there this year in, in January and like I was able to, uh, the Perth City Council was, we wanted to establish an armistice because, you know, every time we move back onto the island in a peaceful way, mm-hmm. we were walked on with, you know. Uh, confronted. We were confronted by armed police yeah. in a full metal jacket, putting us under gun threat, under the threat of being the next death in custody. Yeah, they came at you with uh, a solid show of force. And also you, you, the, the, the day that I witnessed, and there was, I mean, there were just as many rangers there mm. to do the heavy lifting for the police. And the police were just there to um, take uh, or, or enforce the situation. Safe city. Well, Safe city scapegoats. Speaking the right mm-hmm. They're, um, you know, the, the Perth City Council have weaponised ordinary working class people um yeah yeah the 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 rangers yeah i was really quite shocked at the way that was all carried out that day um the fact that let's we'll we'll go back a couple of steps but we're, we're we're talking about that day right uh when they came in and just cleared you off the land this was in march around march 12th i i believe 25th of March. 25th, a bit later. Okay, the 25th. I'll never forget it. I got an urgent call to get down there and me and the other boys jumped in the car and raced over. Um, And I was so glad I did because I really got to see um, the heavy-handedness of of what you're describing or you have been describing. Um, I I got to see it firsthand. And the part that I found really shocking about this was that you were you were doing everything in accordance to the discussions that you'd been having with them, but then at at at, one, at, at a point where you're actually starting to like 
talk more serious with them, they just shut it all down um, in complete violation of a document that openly declares that there is a discussion to be had. Exactly. Um... Can you tell us a little bit about the the decree that was made um, that give you give you gives you the right to have access to that that island? Um, it's our ancestral land. Yeah, um, but it was recognised by by the, the royalty, right? It was. Um, there's the Queen Victoria Act of 1972-73. In 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 that act, she stated that if there were to be any survivors of the First Nations people, mm-hmm. they are to be left alone. They are to form a cooperative, and if there's any fraudulent land transfers, we are to take out a lien, and those people will be punished by her laws. And so we did that. Mm. After 2012, we we came across some money, so we registered our cooperative based on the single Nyunga claim. Um, the, the, how it was negotiated through the federal court, the single Nyunga claim, which you know, spans from Esperance right up to um, Durian Bay and 100 or so kilometres inland. Mm-hmm. Um, how it panned out was that through the negotiating process, the land that they claimed uh, through the South West Aboriginal Land and Sea Council was already under claim by the Nyungar Land Council. And so from from wheeling and dealing, there was no land that was granted. There's no land that was uh, was um, uh, allocated to the First yeah. Nation people. Yeah, it yeah. was all just sort of, well, let's just move on. It was all just, yeah, that was just forgotten about, yeah, right? It, it, it turned out to be the biggest land grab in the 21st century. So... Um, we know that it's, it's our ancestral land. We know the history of it. We know that we are the sovereign owners of that land. And if I can use a phrase that's been uh, introduced into the Constitution of Australia, terra nullius, which means no man's land, yep. that's been thrown out of court. It's a fraud. It's a fraud. Total fraud. And it proves that the colony has no lawful jurisdiction. Tell me a little bit more about that, please, mm. for everyone that doesn't know about terra nullius. Can you just explain the background of that a little bit? It was it was an instrument used in the Constitution of 1901 created by Queen Victoria. Mm-hmm. It was an instrument to separate the First Nations people from that instrument, that constitution. Um, in the constitution, we are classified as flora and fauna, and this comes under the doctrines, of, doctrines of discovery. Yeah. Flora and fauna, and we are cla- a cra- subjects of the crown. Now, anybody who is under subjugation, or a subject of somebody else, mm. that is the terminology used for slavery. <laughs> yeah. So for over 200 years or 190 so years here in this state, we have been the slaves of the colony. Yeah. Uh, we don't have any rights. We never know 
voting rights, we had no access, no free rights, no access to our land, no rights to hunt, gather, yep. fish. Act as you would. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the Queen Victoria Act of 1972 and 70, 1872 and 1873 gave us those rights if we were to form a cooperative. And yep. so in 2014 we applied to have a cooperative over the lands, land that's been identified in the Federal Court of Australia, which was just identified as Bennell versus the state of Western Australia. It's a single Nyungar claim. It's our ancestral land. And now we've got the right to trade on that land. Okay, except for the fact that Perth City Council say no. And so now you've been fighting for the last 12, uh, is it, yeah, 12 years um, to petition your position with in, in this to the Perth City Council and you're really not getting anywhere, are you? Or, or am I wrong about that? And why, why? I want to know a little bit about a little bit about the ins and outs of it before we move on. Okay. Since 1829 there's been this process of land clearing mm -hmm. at gunpoint. So in 18, 28th of October in 1834 was a Pinjara massacre. An unknown number of people were assassinated there. Mm. Um, there, is, um, there is an opinion that up to 140 people were slaughtered there. Now, the people from Pinjara and the people from Perth and Guildford, they are within that same tribal group. There's this intermarriage system operating between those two areas. And so it was left up to Governor Stirling to uh, teach the people a lesson for standing up for their line, for their land, for resisting the colony. Um, yeah, they were. So he went on, went on in, and just guns blazing and yeah, discussing. So one of the words in the history books that uh, Sterling used was to um, some of the early colonists was, "By the time I finished, there will be no blacks this side of the mountains." Mm. So the intent was there all along. Yeah, to uh, kill our people for our land holdings, land estates. Yeah, um, mate. Since we're on that particular subject um i hope i'm not going to cause too much of a fuss by saying this but i'd love to know what your opinion of the whole sorry thing was or is so um the government made this massive big deal about saying sorry but now i'm no scholar on the subject right but in from the very little that i understand I would go so far as to say that that was literally just paying lip service and not much more. What would you say to that? Yeah, it was a point in time where um, uh, people had been campaigning. The sorry thing was all about stolen generation. It was about kidnapping little children from their parents, from their mums yep. and dads, take them away to a faraway place and giving orders that, you know, these people are not to be re released until yep. their age yep. of 18. And it was purposeful, purposely done. 
if you destroy the family, then you destroy the tribe and you destroy the memory, you destroy the language, you destroy the customary law. And and all in that side of it, I completely understand. Um, I think, and I think this sort of relates back to pathway to freedom, is that I think what I'm trying to say is that there hasn't really been that um, actual change. There's the, sorry, but um, we'll just continue on as we were. It's not real. Does that make sense? It's I mean, totally insincere. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at, right? And, I mean, you only had to witness what happened um, on Madagaraf Island. I'll keep using that name. Yep. Um, where there is a fair basis for the discussion to be had and you were just simply trying you've been trying to have the discussion for the last 12 years um and then it's sort of come to that point where you've gone okay well i'm just going to move things forward now and actually start setting up a cooperative you've set up a mailbox which i'm just going to take a guess at is it there (laughs) anymore is it there is it still there is it gone it's gone right okay um and, <laughs> it'll be and, back don't worry yeah well and instead of the council i mean they 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 made it appear as though they were going to um, head in the right direction with mm-hmm. you but at the right at the moment where they went right this isn't going anywhere boom we come in mr dean tor or bell Val. No, Dean, Val, Dean, uh, Dean Val, Ball. No, Dean, Dean Ball and Vivian Brown of yeah, uh, the coordinators yeah, of Save City. And <laughs> real sort of secret police like flashes his badge like at me when I ask him for a you know, real FBI style. Um, and it was quite aggressive as well when I asked him to identify himself. And uh, he didn't have any time for this sort of thing. And, uh, I mean, it was fascinating. If anyone wants to go back and watch my video on this, it's the Bellman Report, everybody, on YouTube and Rumble. Um, this guy, you see him wearing his face mask right now. We're all out. I know it was during the face mandate, uh, with the, ma- the nappy diaper for your face <laughs> mandate. But um, here's this guy out on, on the island, you know, got his own free space. It was mm. in the outdoors, the whole thing. And he's got this mask on and it's literally like, flexing fully in and fully out with every breath he takes and it was kind of like Darth Vader Mm. you know what I mean and it was actually just creepy and really just disgusting Mm. um and uh I don't know how that guy goes to sleep at night I don't I really don't it's interesting that guy you know um there was a time when well it was a day before actually it was the 24th of March and um my friend Vivian Brown came down Dean Ball came down and um, I recorded the whole conversation. I asked Dean three times. I let him know the history of the country. He came with a British accent too, so he was new here. Right. And I gave him a bit of a brief on the history, and uh, he pretty much said, "Get over it." And um, yeah, and that's the attitude, right? Yeah. It's it's sorry, but mm. um, we're only saying sorry. We're not moving forward, and. I just kind of think um, I don't know the answers, right? Mm. Um, I just kind of think that we need to be able to have the discussions uh, and for there to be a fair and amicable outcome, even if um, the outcome's not what either side particularly wanted, there has to be a good understanding of why it went that way mm. so, each, so that each side 
can it can at least acknowledge the point you know what i mean mm. i don't like this whole business of uh, where you have a, a pretty valid and just discussion or reason for doing something and it just being simply shut down uh at the local level i don't think they should be because i mean um certainly mm. you, then you get up to the federal level and then if we go to this whole globalist sort of model mm. which we're being hardcore pushed mm. into we're going to be in deep shit, right mm -hmm. if we can't take back local government and 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 work together locally then we're screwed yeah. um so i guess that is a good way a good segue into what you've been doing monique and i just want to quickly just reach out to my other co-host here please jump in and have part and be part of the discussion guys everyone's a little bit nervous i think i'm not sure i'm not sure what's going on i think it's a lack of alcohol um but um that's that uh so monique um you're very similar um in doing um like what greg has been doing tell us um what the what your main cause is and what what sort of activities you've undertaken with um, the york town council well, that's a uh, very broad question to a very specific pathway okay where would you where would <laughs> okay. you like to start then? um so you know really the pathway formed it's uh, I remember being at a rally back in February and a beautiful woman by the name of Diane Cudby was on the stage just asking people to come in and put their name down to be a petitioner for their local council. Um, all came under the premise of what Livingston in Queensland managed to do. Um, they came in before the mandates, though, and they decided as a community that they just weren't going to participate. So they they had a little bit. A oh, this is in stand. York. No, that was in Queensland. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, I just, so yeah. because there was a um, this sort of opening, um, you know, Diane's main focus was we should be able to do that here. So she became right. the main hub for all of us and we wouldn't have been able to do it without can, her. Can you just tell me a little bit about that premise? Um, what was it that they, they didn't want to do? They didn't want to follow the mandate. So basically the businesses of Livingston came in and said, you know, we, we don't want to do this. We don't want to mandate our workers and we don't want to be mandating our customers as they come through the door. So as a township, they, so they all came. chose pro-choice as wow. a township. Yeah, and that I, I, I swear I remember seeing something about that. So they got that all done, and then cut to the chase. It's happening here, and you've seen Diana Cuppy speak. Yeah. So um, I I literally followed exactly what she said as she was saying it. Found the lady with the clipboard, and I wrote wrote my name down. I then landed up at an, uh, um, the Australian Federation meeting that they were having, which was nothing to do with pro-choice. It was just the Australian Federation Party as they were doing their thing coming across. Ausfed, yeah. Yep, and they were in Parkville and I saw Love Diane there again. Yeah, same. And um, I approached her again saying, you know, I've sent you emails and I, what's happening in York? I get it. Everything's happening in Frio right now, but what's happening in York? And I was just edging to begin yeah. so um yeah she got the point that i was serious <laughs> and um started to send me all the forms and so from there i literally started heading out into 
York itself, and it was an amazing view, one that I hadn't seen. All of okay. a sudden, you could see a depth that wasn't there before. Right. Now, hang on a minute. You're based in York? Yes. Right. And Di- tell everyone a little bit about Diane, What, where she's based, and, and a little bit about that process that you went well, through. Well, she's me. Metro. I'm not going to give whereabouts she is because I haven't um, oh, okay. got that permission. Okay. Um, but she literally is the hub via the via email, via telephone, at any time. I know for me personally, as a for for, for petitioners of local yeah. government, right? Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. What's her organisation called? Nothing. She did she, it as herself. She's yeah. just a solo person that's helping coordinate all of these people who are petitioning their government for a right to choose, a freedom of choice. Yes, very much. Wow. So a few joined in with her and they became and others helped to run the um, the database of people that were coming in. She would set up at the rallies as a tent and she was there all the time. She's put so much, she's such, she's behind the scenes but putting in so much work. Yeah, and you know what, um, everyone tells me about her and I still, um, I, I may have met her, I just just don't remember unfortunately and um, I'm dying to meet you Diane if you happen to be listening Um, and I'm sure we'll get to meet one day and possibly even do a podcast that'd be great Um, just quickly Robin says hello Robin's in our audience hi Robin Um, and hi everyone else Um, we have got a few here um, but um, I'm not getting a whole lot of questions from you guys. So if there's anything you want to know about, please ask. Um, so go on. So what what specifically, let's talk about the first time you made a petition to the council. What was it all about? And how did that feel doing that? What was important to discuss, I think, for that or to share is um, the steps taken to just inform the petition because the mandates created so much fear everywhere that when you stepped into this sort of space, you could you could see it and feel it. Um, we, oh, yeah. in order to be able to get, I mean, into a small town, and we had to get, oh, we needed to get a minimum of 120 signatures. Now you've got people that don't want to talk to you because you don't, they don't want to rock the boat. They, yeah, they, yeah. They're too scared. The businesses were scared because a lot of them had roots into government areas and that's their only livelihood because it's a small country town. There's only, you know, one of each thing. And if, if and I don't, I'm trying to be as general because I don't really want yeah, to target I get anybody. But, yeah. you know, so they, they were like, yep, I don't want to do this, Monique, but I can't talk to you and I'm not going to sign your form. So everyone was just like, shh, how shut many, down how, What's the population of York? Um, between really three and small. a half and four thousand. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you had to really do your work to get that hundred and twenty signatures. Yeah, and it wasn't just me. There was a, a group of people who came together to make sure that that happened. But the way we managed to do that was um, we took a step back. When I spoke to Diane, I said, "I don't know how I'm going to do this because nobody wants to talk to anybody." And um, just being who she is just gave me such strong uh, encouragement. And so I took a step back and instead of trying to, I changed my whole mindset. Instead of saying this is the people against the government, I moved back and said, you know what, I just need to talk to the people. Yeah. Because the in the Local Government Act is if you create this petition, 
they can't say no. You put it in, they have to follow the rules and there is a meeting, whether they like it or not. So it was, it was like, take a step back, everyone, take a breath. <sighs> right, we need to go and talk to the people. So we, instead of putting, just putting our tables out in the main street, and it was quite interesting, people would like do a, a U-turn around mm -hmm. us to either walk quite far from us, like we had some kind of infectious disease now. Yeah, just or, speaking to your mic, huh? um, yes, yeah. Or it was... Um, they would quickly like duck into the table sign and duck out again yeah, yeah, they weren't seen. Stealth signatures, <laughs> yeah. Was, you know, and we had um, people putting our advertisement up that we've got our table out in York and within a few minutes of being on the local page it would get pulled down so we couldn't even keep that sort of thing up on social media. So it was a really interesting pathway. So we came out of the main street and we started – uh, we took the petitions back to the people and we said, okay, who already knows about this? You need, how can you take some forms and go and talk to the people you knew? So we had the main um, advantage. We were a small country town. People yep. knew each other. Yep. So you were able to get a good little core of people around you that knew everyone else and then it was a lot easier for… Very much. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, then and the of course you can, people. Yeah. and people can go around just for, you know, to say g'day and they're actually talking about that and that's the way it's got to be done, right? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So that's interesting. Um, now, but I'm really interested to know um, a bit about um, the experience you had with actually pushing those petitions through town council and what were some of the subjects that you were pushing forward? Uh, well, that's a really interesting point because um, when we realised that as soon as it was going to hit the Shire and they released the fact that we wanted to hold this meeting, we were expecting um, a massive backlash because it's quite a conservative town. Yeah. So um, what we did is literally went around all the trade services, all the general businesses and um, to as many agricultural farmers as we could and we had a series of surveying to find out and we bypassed the vaccine mandate and we went straight to what is the impact. And, of course, um, we were already seeing increase in prices. There was um, owners of businesses that were so exhausted because they couldn't keep staff. Yeah. You know, there was one impact after the other and it was only, um, you know, March. And we and York didn't really hit mandates. Masks were our first thing was in January. So really? we weren't the same as the as, rest of no, WA sort of thing. No, it was it was um yeah, it only people in York there. were not impacted. And we were watching people come. And the first thing the business was saying was so thank goodness to COVID because we got busy because everyone came here. <coughs> yeah, because people Cause had nowhere escaping. else to go. Yeah. 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 It's so it was a strange time. Back yeah. to your question. Yeah. is that once we started collating the data and we were speaking business to business saying, you know what, I know you don't want to talk to me because I know you're scared, but we'll collate your data. We will be your voice. No one will know what you gave us. So yeah. all of a sudden we, instead of the businesses where the government put the businesses and that was against the people mm. and left them in this little island to take all the responsibility itself, we went into that island and we took them out of there and put them behind us and we stood as people. Yep. So anything wow. that went around town that was saying, you know, you don't want to do this, the businesses would have gone, no, do you know that they're here to help us? 
and we just set the premise and redid the nav- um, the narrative. Right. And so we took the original form. Like all of the petitioners were asked to do a pro-choice advocacy statement, which basically went across all the um, discrimination, the problem that we're having, you know, right through to we want to talk with other governmental systems We um, and we need to look at all these areas. And I included all those but I worded it in such a way that if anybody was going to come to the meeting they would feel quite foolish to vote against it because they're actually voting against the town as a whole. Right. So I worded it in a way that you wouldn't say no. (laughs) Um, Can you give me an example of of that sort of thing? So this was a, I know nobody can just, see that. Just but, speak into your mic if you can. But basically I created a special electors booklet meeting. Oh, wow. Me, um, meeting booklet. And you've got So that here. as soon as they walked through the door and and we lobbied, we got, we were throwing in um, anybody who put a signature on our petition and anybody in town was, <sighs> was getting new there was a meeting coming. It wasn't like we didn't, we didn't, why I You said guys were right on the ball and you made sure that everyone was involved. Everybody. We, we didn't say, look, we don't want you there if you're going to say no. We said, come along, you know, everybody, yeah. everybody there. But you, you really, you really communicated properly, we right? We did, yeah. And that's the key to it all, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. some, some of the, for example, um, the first motion goes into explain it on a deeper level, but what I do is a summary. So the first motion was titled business and labor sector. So they couldn't even come in and figure out where was that about a vaccine. Mm. Um, number two was motion two, residents. Number three was um, motion three, sustainable economy. Uh, motion four, agriculture and t- trade sectors. Five was emergency services. Six with local government employment and services. Seven was safely moving out of the pandemic. Um, eight was advocate cooperation with other corporate entities. And nine was transparency and access to unequivocal facts regarding COVID-19. So basically uh, each one went into the specifics, but it was worded in such a way that why would you? Why yeah. would you say no? Can you give me an example of one of those that you'd really like to share with us, like one that you're particularly proud of? Because um, oh, I'm really saying. interested. I mean, I know very little about this um, and doing this kind of thing. Um, so okay, well, I'm one, particularly interested because I know you've had a fair bit of success. Um, goodness you don't me. have to. You don't have to read it. Just give me a bit of a, a look. A I, th- I think in a whole, it's really hard to pull it apart because it actually worked together. It was such a good collaboration. So as a whole, it was basically saying, um, and I remember this. I'd rather share this. I remember those that came in who were there not to vote for us, but just didn't think this was going to go ahead. Mm-hmm. And the, and they picked it, they had sat down, they got their booklet, they sat down and started going through and went, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a long meeting. And I was like, awesome, we're well, here to join us, you know. So um, the beautiful thing was is that as each of these motions got forward, now we had two speakers per motion and we had 
great speakers. We had people who one of our main speakers was a strong business in town that's been there for years, massive company. They not only based in town but they service 30 other shires and they were having impacts. And they re I remember sitting with them and asking if they would um, speak and they said, you know what? We didn't think we'd get touched by the impact and have by the pandemic and have an impact. But if we are as a massive company, I don't know what's happening to those smaller ones. So we opened the meeting with this main player. Okay, now they were a main player, but just at that local level, right? They're a big business locally, or they a big big was business it? across thirty shires. So you got right, pretty okay. much the whole okay. southwest. Okay, that's what I was trying to understand. Okay, yeah. and it was impacting them. Of course, it would be. Um, I think the um, economic impacts won't really be felt for just a little while yet, but when it is felt, it's going to be felt really hard. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yes, Greg, did you want to jump in there with anything? I was about to say, um, in in the world at the moment, there's a war going on and it looks like it's going to be escalate. Um, economists around the world... And they are predicting that there will be a worldwide famine. Mm. As, as Ukraine, you know, last year was thirty percent. They provided or supplied thirty percent of all the grain production in the world. Currently, it's it'll be somewhere up there now. There's shipping backlog with the export of the grain at the ports and um, it looks like towards the end of this year there will be a shortage of grain around the world mm. and there will be a worldwide famine. Yeah, and it's a uh, shortage of everything. Uh, you know, these these conditions always come after the wars, uh, after a war there was yeah, uh, but I mean, depression. Uh, but I mean, we're—I mean, I know there there are physical wars going on, but we're in a silent war, and it's a full-on one, and we're being attacked from every angle. And at some point, like you say, there's going to be a massive, um, you know, depression, all that sort of stuff. And I mean, they're—they're—they're they're telling us they're going to do it in the World Economic Forum, aren't they? They're saying that they will eat bugs and and own nothing and be happy. Mm. So. Here we go, everyone. Buckle up. I'd, I'd strongly suggest to everybody out there, all the freedom fighters, all the people who maintain their independence, to uh, start growing your own food. Turn your backyard gardens, your front of your yard into food forests. Um, Mate, um, I'm glad you raised that. Um, I, I think you're right. Uh, there, I mean, isn't it interesting that um, the – Dan Andrews' government in Melbourne mm. are outlawing people doing that. Yeah. Um, I think um, it would be fair to say that there is a very strong ethnic community down there and uh, they love their veggie patches in their backyard. So, man, I'd like to see when they start enforcing that. But um, that is the answer, mate. It really is. And I was actually thinking, um, you know, I've been talking to people like Kelly Newton-Wordsworth about biodynamic farming and stuff like that. Permaculture. I'll Permaculture, yeah, aquaculture. Um, is there space for like a show about that at some point? 
because there's some really like um I mean you can talk about hydroponics and all that sort of thing and I'm sure everyone knows what I'm talking about there but um there is so much more to that whole thing and um producing your own food is a very serious matter so you want to have all the expertise that there is available to you to do that we've only got to look back at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, when there was a shortage of toilet paper. Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> hey, we're in we're in Perth, mate. Like, I can't buy eggs half the time when I go to the supermarket. Mm. What's that about? Don't we grow eggs here? They're all out the back in the stockroom. <laughs> Monique, isn't there eggs uh, being grown? I mean, is that the right word? Produced out your way? Well, if you have your own chickens, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Invest yeah. in chickens. Invest in chickens. Yeah. Okay, we're going to have to maybe share the rooster around so we don't all have to get woken up in the mornings. I don't know what the answer is. But, Monique, um, let's just continue on a little bit with your story because um, I'm really interested in um, just going back to that, that um, the way that when you went into the town council meetings, you did it um, with the entire town already behind you. No. Not quite. That that came along the way. We you we had we got our signatures and and then we started um, really governing the businesses um, and collaborating and bringing everybody on side, um, including the Shire. It was an interesting point. Um, I want to kind of go a little bit back because you say what's my what was one of my most important things is that. The meeting ran itself because of the speeches. We had emotional speeches. We had speeches that were purely from the heart and the truth of what was happening to people. Yep. It was, it was. Um, you could not be there and say, "I don't think we should, we should let this person suffer." You, you could not have heard those speeches and 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 gone through that. Can so, you give me a little bit of an example? I mean, I'm, I'm going to make an assumption there might have been people that have been injured by the vax. Mm-hmm. You've obviously got um, businesses going out of business stories. Um, tell me one or two of those about. Well, you've got, you had, uh, we had collaboration from farmers that um, was already, even though the town hadn't been hit by mandates till January 31, they were already being uh, not allowed to take their grain because the drivers had to be vaccinated or before that between 2020 and 21 when Australia decided to lock everything down farmers were losing sending their grain exporting like those sort of things weren't even being mentioned then you've got an just in that same space once the you had to have your staff um vaccinated and and um that's if you didn't lose your staff and then of course there was all of the directives behind that if they had a positive test symptoms or not they couldn't be there now if you start throwing your staff out when you rely on natural cyclical nature to grow your grain and you miss the timing there's no recovery Do you know what I, I just want to i just want to add to that that these farmers weren't allowed to have truck drivers to, to drive alone in this massive truck only to arrive at a facility where they have an automated process for that grain to be dropped off into a hopper and loaded onto a ship, so on and so forth. Um, at the same time, you're allowed to have brothels operating. No vaccination required. Um, I mean... Just the sheer 
stupidity stupidity of this conversation mm. or this um these rules is i mean you can't make this shit up right no. um it's quite clear that the rules were designed to uh centralize wealth and it was away from the people i mean amongst so many other things there is no ex, ex proper explanation for that other than to say that it wasn't for health purposes right i mean it's ridiculous this whole thing has been ridiculous uh, and I, I've got to stop because I'm going to start ranting on about the Biosecurity Act of 2015 and all those sort of things. Um, so go on, Monique. Okay, so um, once let's let's go back to the meeting. So when we um, after each motion, the we were put it to the vote, and we got every, everybody wasn't whoever wasn't voting either didn't want to vote because of their own what they had to think about for themselves or they weren't residents of the town so you needed to be a mm -hmm. rate payer or such you know tick yeah. that box so not all the hands up went up but we didn't get any hands up to say to go against so we carried every vote over um and so that was a very <coughs> successful night we then had one month before we were able to um collaborate with the councillors before their vote because just because we made the vote that doesn't pass anything. The councillors now had to decide whether they will carry that vote. Yep. So that after seeing what was happening in so many other shires, we were like, oh my goodness, what do we do? So again, I came from that um, positioning of, I have my faith in the people. And the reason I walked into local, local government is because I didn't see government, I saw people in that space. And so I reached the people in that space. And we had um, initially, we needed to get four of the seven on side. And um, by sitting with four of the seven that I was able to in the time frame, which just was absolutely synchronistic, was four beautiful males that decided to protect us as a shire and say, yes, we're going to take this forward. And in the end, um, rather than having four to three, we got six to one in favour with new motions that not only carried all our motions but made our letter even stronger as an advocate to to reach the Premier and all the other ministers that were involved as well. Wow. Um, how did that feel to get to that point? Because, I mean, you're a regular citizen, right, and you've just stood up. I don't know up. how regular I am, Major. <laughs> Well, I mean, you're, me. <laughs> you're not anymore, but this whole thing, is it true? Would it be true to say that this entire experience just kind of activated you and you're now in a place that you wouldn't have normally been if life hadn't changed? Yeah, I definitely wouldn't. Politics wasn't my thing or, yeah. or, or any of that. Isn't it interesting? It racked my brain trying to get through that local government act, which is like that thick. You know, I, 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 my head was hurting. I'd been going, oh my gosh. But you were just, did you just feel really driven to do it though? Yeah, I didn't. Have, I felt like I didn't have a choice. A bit yeah, like man. when Nikki talks about she had to go north. Yeah. Um, I just had to, I could not rest. There was nights there that I would go to sleep at six in the morning because I'd been working all through the night. I'd yeah. get three hours sleep and I'd go again because there was so much to learn in such a small period of time. And there was no way we were going to get through that if I didn't learn that 
convoluted jargon that was sitting in those acts. It just wasn't going to get done. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, look, I'm so glad to hear your story. And it's the same with you too, right? Um, Greg, I know you've been in this for quite a long time now, but um, uh, so maybe it's a little bit different from you. But certainly your story, Monique, is very similar to mine and I think Nikki is well, but like so many other people. We, I mean, I was working on a mine site uh, and uh, I, I certainly never would have dreamed of doing this right now. So um, that's one of the things that really fascinates me. And again, another reason why um, I want to do this show because I can meet all these other people that have really just stood up and stood together. Well, yes, the, mate. The, the pandemic itself was, was a spark, you know, for people to declare. Uh, personally declare their um, their fight for um, life, liberty mm. and the pursuit of happiness, which is in the Constitution of America. Yeah. Um, Recognise the worth of humanity um, rather than just let it all go the way that well, so many have. Technically, we've all been in um, uh, home detention for the yeah. last two years. Yeah, but I mean. Uh, that's an instrument of the justice system, you know, home detention. Uh, oh, yeah, I mean. We've been imprisoned. Well, we've talked about vitamin, um, yeah, vitamins. Everyone thinks I'm talking about Joe Biden. No, vitamins, principles of coercion. That's an interesting one to look up. But another yes, another interesting thing is, you know, the psychology behind a pandemic in itself. And we know that pandemics have been. Just speaking Through, you, mate, throughout yeah. history, they've appeared in parts of the planet all over the world. The psychology behind it. So, in the 1950s, there was a, oh, no, I'll rewind it a bit further. In the late 1890s, there was a Russian scientist, his name was Pavlov, and he conducted um, uh, experiments with dogs so that he could train dogs to do what they want. Mm-hmm. And the idea was to take them out of their natural habitat, put them in a confined space and uh, control the time when they, when, they, um, when they become hungry. They push a button and then the food would out and... Train them to act on, <laughs> on, on, on key. Train their behaviour. Yeah, yeah. So what came from that in... 1950 was a, another scientist, a psychologist, his name was B.F. Skinner. He conducted, um, the, he, he refined the process and he called it operant conditioning. So the theory behind this in the psychology behind the lockdown was take people, take their freedom away, put them in a confined space, uh, give them uh, stimuli, either positive or negative stimuli, uh, so that they can change their behaviour. Yep, yep, and it was all and it was all fear, 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 uh, <laughs> panic, panic, panic. It was an experiment, a con- continental experiment. Oh, absolutely! It wasn't just an experiment with pharma- pharmaceuticals, our behavior, so that they can. Yeah, and the first um, the yeah. The biggest outcome and the big best instrument was used was fear. Yep. The fear, uh, the fear psychosis that spread around this country is phenomenal. 
I mean, we, we know that governments, you know, their instrument is fear all the time and it's the yeah. you know, birthplace of government, fear. But the fear campaign that went around and the propaganda that was put out there into the community, it had massive results. And, you know, the freedom fighters and the people who had uh, common sense and who were sane and who had critical thinking, we were stunned by yeah. this exercise. We were, th- we were, th- are we really insane or are they insane? Oh, mate, I, they- I've asked myself that question a few times. Yeah. I mean, the, the progress and the results that they had through this fear from unseen threat, unquantified Which, a, a, threat. And a mild threat. And, and, you know, hindsight is a good thing. You know, you can look at back, back at things in 2020 vision. And we can now see that it was all fear-based. It was all concocted. It was planted in everybody's minds. It changed their behaviour. So the results were staggering. You know, we had people that it was that was so... Can you just imagine the people who are really on top whoever they may be, and I'm not going to start all these conspiracy theory kind of things. Um, I, I shouldn't use that term. I should say they are conspiracies. They're not theories. We know for a fact that it all exists. But let's just imagine those on top, they must be all just licking their lips right now. Punching the air. <clears throat> Punching the air because the majority of the people have been so compliant they must be loving it. What do you reckon? I Nick? don't agree. No, tell me I what. I don't you, agree either. Tell me. Let's um, go. You I first. actually think they're in a lot of fear. To be honest. Hey, absolutely. I, I think they're in absolutely. so much fear because they rush things so much. When you take a step back and you have a look, um, first of all, everything that that comes from them is fear, which means they sit in fear already. Um, secondly, everything that comes from that space is corrupted. Therefore, they sit in corruption already. And if you want to sit back and just watch, corruption only corrupts itself. So at some point, they're going to be an undoing of their own, really. Yeah, and you know what? I I absolutely 100% agree with you on that point as well. Um, I think the point I was trying to make was from that position of the way everyone just literally bent over and took Mm. it. um, And, I mean, kind of like life, uh, the pillars of life being changed before your very eyes, like making your the business that you work for um, now um, a proxy of the government where they will uh, manage you, manage that, make sure that you have the right certifications to participate in society. That aspect of it I think was disgusting. Um, but in the way everyone went along with that, I think they must have been quite pleased. At the same time, I agree. I think they've overstepped the mark in a big way and it's going to become very apparent. It already is very, very apparent. And uh, I think my Jab Injured series that I've been doing on this very channel is showing that. Mm. But um, they are going to really, really really feel the kickback soon, I reckon. Either that or or the rest of us are going to realise how entrapped we already actually are. Oh, I think we've tipped the scale. 
Well, I, I into, totally, yeah. totally agree. Yeah. And I, I wish to raise the question. Let's chat about it, guys. Is mm. that um, does is the the fact that um, you know we have a view that here in Australia that there was a lot of compliance, but if we look at a world view, I don't think there was as much compliance across the world. The Westernised systems, yeah, yes, yeah, um, yeah, but there's not all Westernised systems out there. And um, somebody actually made a comment on another. Um, my mum was telling me about it, where a guy was, and I can't remember where he came from now. But he was saying that there was actually a study done and they actually feel that 71% of the people went across the world chose not to be vaccinated. Is that so? Yeah. So that was really, that's, that's why so... I'm saying we are only seeing what, what yeah. happened here in Australia and, and that's not across the you world. You know what? Look, I, I haven't got it on me. But um, um, in fact, they, uh, someone's probably going to keep my ass for saying this. Um there is a, a big list of all of the countries who haven't signed on to the pandemic treaty. Mm -hmm. And it's a very significant list. And I mean, maybe that's testament to what you're saying, Monique. Mm. So see, for me, anybody that uh, was hoping, if, if the view is that there were people who are trying to control the world, they, they, haven't, they haven't succeeded. Amen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the other, th you know, mm -hmm. the, the way that I see it is that let's even look at it, what the vaccine was if from a conspiracy point of view was supposed to be, if, if that's what it is. Well, the, the body um, didn't agree. So it is, it is uh, what did I say? The, the body rejected the vaccine. The people, mm -hmm. so basically it's been rejected and it's done. In my view, it's already done. There's too much that is synchronizingly happening from on a timeline level where I'm standing in the corporation where Nikki and Greg are in, in the future aspect of what I'm doing. There, this would not be happening if it wasn't already done. There's the same place because it's already done. So for me, that's where I come from. So you reckon we're on the path to freedom? Totally. Already there. Already there. Already there. Yeah. Fantastic. What Agreed. do you say, Nikki? We're on the path to freedom Agreed. already. Oh. Agree. I um, okay. I really have been looking at this last few days, just with my own personal circumstances, and um, well, really, my fight through the last two years. Um, I think we've tipped the scale, to be honest. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, we we are we are the balance, and um, I know I've I've put every single day into this for the last two years. Greg's been at it 20 years. Monique's been at it a long time. It's always been in my vision that there would be a trigger that would wake the people up. And when this went down, I knew <coughs> we were the balance. I was the balance. And I've had the realisation over the last few days that we have tipped the scale. There is more good happening than bad yeah another view and, and, another mm, view is well the jury's have a, still out i think yeah I, I, i'm kind uh, of on greg so I'm, hang on greg we'll talk about it in mm. a sec yeah the, the view look at it this way every day someone new joins the mm -hmm. walk to the to freedom line yeah nobody's leaving it yeah it's growing absolutely i agree yeah. with that um greg i think it sounds like i haven't said what i think yet but 
we might be on a similar similar mindset. You might. What do you think about that? Well, masculine. The mechanism. Oh the yeah, righto. <laughs> yeah, righto, mate. We're visionary. Yeah, yeah, right, mate. Um, by the way, before we go on, the audience, please add your five cents worth. We've got a few more minutes left in the conversation. so Okay, I'll plan to see it then. Please. <laughs> Look, if, if we're going to review the last two years mm. um, and then go back even further into history where we can see this is history repeating itself, I'd like to recommend um, uh, one of my favourite uh, YouTube sites is oh a yes historian. Please, I'm I'm really interested in this guy. A historian called Timothy Snyder. He's, uh, he's now. A, can you spell hist- that out for everyone? It's Timothy. We got that bit. How do you spell Schneider so everyone can look him up? Okay, Timothy S N Y D E R. Now Timothy is a uh, professor of history at uh, Yale University and a number of other institutions. He's an honorary doctorate. And, but he's a, he's a historian. He's he's got a YouTube channel and um, speaking to your mic, mate. Thank you. A YouTube channel. Yeah. And so he's got a number of lectures online, um, and he focuses on freedom and tyranny. So all our listeners out there in Radio Land, Podcast mm-hmm. Land, yeah. If you can get your biros out and take this guy's name down, he's a fantastic listening to. He he does his lectures live, and he he doesn't do. I does do some one and a half hour, one hour lectures, but some of them are really, you know, you, ten you're, you're, they're really informative, informative and historical. And he he joins the dots and puts picture, puts a jigsaw puzzle back together. So anyway, on on the. Uh, on the YouTube, he's got a a a, um, a film or video. So speaking, you might wait. It's called "On Tyranny: Twenty Lessons from the Twentieth Century." Um, he's got these other ones lectures. Five forms of freedom: the road to unfreedom. The Holocaust as history and warning. And, and Greg, what is it that you really like about? His thing. I know he is. Is it the way he delivers it, or is it that you do, you're doing your own research and he's really kind of collaborating the the things that you've learnt with the things that he's bringing to uh, the new information he's bringing to you? Is that what it is? Well, what he's what he's done is uh, done a uh, review of mass killings and around the world and or, or mainly in in Europe. Right. The, the mass mass killings and uh, how mass killings are um, what are what are the causality of mass killings? Ah, so, uh, so what what the kind of motivations of governments, um, how that comes about and why they do what they do? At a level, uh, broad spectrum of. Um, history of how governments turn to tyranny and then start slaughtering everyone yeah and the methodology the causality of their their aims and goals and rulers so on tyranny the 20 lessons from the 20th century he's got these uh 20 20 um videos Uh, and i'll just read through it won't take a second so yeah the um, lesson number one is you know 
and these these videos are to safeguard our freedoms and to be observant and be able to pick tyranny and see what for what it is so uh, number one is um do not obey in advance mm. so <laughs> we can talk about this these um safeguards or these um well all right next week or yeah week yeah after um we can so let's... we can get into more you look look i'll be honest with you i'd love to do a, a full podcast with you on your own at some point mate but okay. um we're to, greg snyder sorry greg snyder uh, timothy snyder has been has been very influential on you and that sounds like and and you you really really um, think that the points that he's trying to make are, are very very relevant Valid for today. Yeah, and in, for everyone, in hindsight of how we went through in the last two years, I'll just read a I'll read, read a, a read couple a, out. Read a couple we, out. We, we do have to the, keep moving, but yeah. Okay. Do not obey in advance. Um, beware of the one-party state. Take responsibility of the face of the world. Beware of paramilitaries. Stand out. Believe in the truth. Um, establish a private life. Contribute to good causes. Listen for dangerous words. Um, be as courageous as you can. Yeah. Now, each one of those titles is a 10-minute video and it's all self-explanatory, I think. All the Freedom Fighters should arm themselves with this kind of knowledge so that we'll never let this thing happen again. Yeah, mate. And you know what? I think that totally that agree. that second last one that you mentioned about understanding the words that mm. they're using, um, here's a great example. And, I mean, this is so important. So, uh, Particularly when you're watching mainstream media, there's things that you need to understand so that you understand what they're truly saying to you. Okay. One of the really classic ones is the word pandemic. Mm. Now, I'm not going to go into this. Everyone can do their own research. But the World Health Organization changed the definition of yes, pandemic, yeah, exactly. right? Okay. So what you're all thinking when uh, someone's phone's ringing uh, – Perfect timing. Um, when when the, the 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 talking heads on mainstream media are talking about pandemic, you're all thinking mass death must run for the hills right now, but um, uh, actually it's got a lot less to do with um, everyone dying. And uh, uh, we're all good there, Greg. Thanks, mate. Um, a no phone call policy, everybody <laughs> in the house. Um, my main guest has just like gone and broken the golden rail, but that's all right. Oh, my apologies. Um, so we don't, we didn't, we didn't put a swear jar out, or should I say, a phone call jar out? But maybe we have to start doing that. That's all right, mate. Look, everyone, just to wrap up. Now we we do need to wrap the show up. Um, final thoughts, just real quick. What is it that what, what's something that you haven't been able to say tonight, Greg, that you'd really like to partake to the audience? Okay. When we moved onto the island early this year, one of the things we wanted to establish is an armistice. I said earlier, an armistice is a um, is a is a process. It's a proper protocol when the two warring parties 
are still at war, whether it's a cold war, whether it's a proxy war, whether it's war, prisoners of war, it's war. When people have guns and other people don't have guns, there is a cold war going. So an armistice, we want to be able to... We want to be able to register an armistice. We want the state government and uh, and the um, local table sit at disarm, sit at the table, have a truthful discussion, look at the historical facts, and you know uh, come to some sort of agreement, even if we agree to disagree. Yeah. But this at this, least acknowledge each other's positions. Yeah, for sure. Mm, yeah. Um, but this gun violence has to stop. Um, yeah. You know, we've had in the last two years a number of our people have died in custody. A number of our people have been sent away, kidnapped, you know, put into dungeons and left to die. Um, so we couldn't establish an armistice with the city of Perth, so we will now travel to Alice Springs to meet with other First Nations people, people, yeah, so that we can collectively get all the First Nations people to register their armistice relative to their geo position in the world, and as a collective, we can invite the the powers that be, the governments, to sign on to this document. Okay, mate. Um, really quickly. How can other people that are listening to this show find out more about your your planned trip that you're talking about? Yeah. I'll go over to you, Nick. Yeah, sure. please. Let's um, get into sure it. Thing. Um, so we we have a Facebook group called Pathway to Freedom. The two is a numeral two. Yep. WA Pathway to Freedom WA uh, Pathway to Freedom WA. You can find us on Facebook there and on Instagram. Beautiful. Um, Swish. Of Swish and Fins uh, on Instagram, on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, um, we will have an event coming up on the 9th of July. Yeah, you guys are doing some fundraising. Yeah, we, we have events, a lot of right? fundraising events going Beautiful. on. Um, and this is the beauty of Pathway to Freedom. So we now no longer talk about um, the C word, the V word, any of that, and we're reaching out to the wider community for collaboration and standing with First Nations and those words don't even come up and people are really excited So um, to create a new way forward. So we have a lot going on, many communities coming together and we have many fundraisers coming up and I need to also mention speaking your mind, uh, mention uh, Barrup um, up north. Uh, they are trying to save um, the rocker up there. Um, they are having a convoy up there on the 10th of July and we are going to be working in collaboration with them. To with ensure, that? Yes. Right. So you will see a lot more come out. Um, awesome. So yeah. one last time, what's your Facebook page? Pathway to Freedom Fantastic. WA. So everyone can get on to Pathway to Freedom WA yeah. on Facebook and follow what you guys yep. are doing. Or you can email us at pathway2, the numeral 2, yep. freedomwa at gmail.com. 
beautiful. And there is something else too as well. The new real art, quick, mate. The new yeah. art trading cooperative yep. is open for membership for That's anybody right. wants to be free. Excellent. To separate themselves so, from this corporate corporation. So can I say with the email addresses and mm. any of the contacts, yep. I'll get that off you guys right as we finish the show. Mm-hmm. And for anyone listening, all that information will be in the description and, um, of the episode. Um, Monique, mm. last words from you. Thank you so much for being on the show welcome. tonight. Most welcome. It's lovely to be here. Thank you. Thank you. What would you like to, final words to depart from? I um, I feel that anybody listening to the show who feels like they feel like there is, they're still in fear or they've got nowhere to go, find somewhere that you fit to walk the path with us because the more people walking, the faster we'll get there. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it really does change your mindset from watching things around you, feeling like they're falling down to actually standing up and doing something about picking things up. And you just, you only see the positive once you start doing that. And it, then it just changes. The world changes around you. Yeah, yeah I, only, I agree. Only, it's a beautiful journey. only thing you have to fear is fear itself. A hundred percent. We must strike the fear from our minds and our hearts. Absolutely. Now, Monique, how do people reach out to you? Um, I'm quite happy for you to put my email on your, um, if you like. Okay, in the description below. Did you want to just quickly read it out or, or spell it out for everyone or not? So just my name, so short for Mon, so just Mon and Hutch at westnet.com.au. Mon Hutch, is it H-U- H-U-T-C-H. And you can reach me there, especially if you want to do something with the councils. You don't have to go into special meetings anymore with where we've gone and what we're collaborating with our shire. The goal now is to bring other shires forward in another way without meetings and actually take you to where we are so you can bypass everywhere that we've already been and get everyone up to date. Lovely. So anyone looking to do what you've done, reach out to you and join your network. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just want to say a shout out to all my family up there in Buddy Mile Country. Oh, beautiful. family. And the Woody family and the Nae group. And a get well to Molly, our dear friend, our freedom fighter. Molly Molly is amazing. She was in a car accident uh, two days ago. Oh, my gosh. She got out of hospital yesterday. She's okay. She's got a few broken bones. But we've had a really intense week in our circle and – we need to say we love you, Molly, because Molly, oh, yeah. Molly yeah, is Molly. our person that keeps us together. Yeah, okay. Oh, it's the first mm-hmm. I'm hearing for She's that. Awesome. I'm really sorry to hear that. Yeah. Molly, get well soon. Um, now, to everyone who's been listening this evening, thank you so much for joining us. Could you please uh, throw us a like? Now, I know everyone in the audience, I think, has already done that. Um, whatever likes or whatever you can do in that sense, or is it going to help the algorithm if you know what I mean? So uh, please do that. Also, anyone who um, – thank you. Thank you, Troy. Very responsive there, mate. Um, thank you for that. Uh, so um, where am I at? Uh, well, uh, I've got something really exciting to talk about just really quickly before we close. Um, I'm going to be down in Australind this weekend to talk to three nurses as part of my jab injured series or jab injured episodes, I should say. That's going to be really interesting. Something a little bit different from um, the the four that we've already done. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, those four have been about people who have actually been injured. This is from a different perspective. I've got a few of those things lined up. I have got another doctor to talk to sh- soon. And I am going to be going down to Albany really soon to do lots of that sort of stuff, as well as a Friday night live down in Albany. And I'm really, really hoping to be in Port Hedland soon. I've got some really exciting things coming up there. Having said all that, um, the last thing I'd like to say is please become a patron. Um, I'm begging you. Um, I really want to stay in this game. I really want to get Jab Injured Series completed. I've got about, uh, well, probably around 40 people lined up at this point. Um, and we're moving through that week by week, lo- week by week, locking those people in, as well as planning Friday Night Live series. Now, on that note, um, I'd really, really like to hear back from our audience. Um, could you guys please give me some comments? Throw, throw some comments. Tell me what you liked about the show. We actually do have a Telegram group. Uh, is that what you call it? A, a Telegram chat called the eight news show channel i believe that's the way i should be saying it um i hope i'm getting that right and um damn me if i haven't gotten that right but um reach out to us in the comments if you'd like to join that chat um that's where we're going to be making some decisions about the kinds of shows we're going to be doing in the future um and take take your suggestions for comment all that sort of thing get the community involved I'm totally new at this. I don't know what I'm doing, so please help me. And with that, I'd like to say good night, good evening. Greg, thank you so much for being with me. It's been an absolute pleasure. pleasure. Mm -hmm. It's been a pleasure for me too, mate. Um, I'd really like to speak to you in more depth at some point in the future. Nikki, Mm -hmm. thank you so much. Of course, I love speaking to you always, Nikki. Love you too. And we've got lots (laughs) to do in the future as well. And Mon... Um, same for you. Um, I'd really like to potentially get you on again in the future and maybe even with someone like Adrian or other people that have mm. been through the same experience that you have because I'd really like to keep this community up to date with the those kind of activities because I think they're very empowering and mm. obviously the same with what you're doing, Greg, I think, and Nikki. It's very empowering for other people that are thinking about doing these things to hear about the kinds of the, the people who are actually doing it and for them to learn particularly that they're just like us, us Absolutely. people that are doing that. Mm. Um, there is no difference. It's just all about making a decision to do something, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys. Thanks so much, Yes. Andrew. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Good night to the audience. Um, I'm going to close the show with um, the same song I opened it with. I'm sorry if that's boring, but um, it's by a very dear friend of mine, Kelly Newton-Wordsworth. Um, Kelly, I can't wait to see you. There's going to be a bit of a, a camp out at Kelly's house at some point soon out in the country. Um, I think that's out on Facebook. I You're don't right, really Kelly. She does rock, awesome. doesn't she? That's and her husband, William, and um, and her family are just amazing. And I can't wait to spend the weekend with you guys. That's coming up really soon. Then I'm going to be in Albany. I can't wait for it. Um, thank you, everyone. Thank you for being with us. Good night. And here is Hold the Line.
children. We stand for our right to be free. We stand against tyranny. Hold the line, hold the line, our people. Hold the line, hold the line. Hold the line, hold the line, our people. Hold the line, hold the line. Every woman and man, time for you to. Hold the line. 